Welcome to the Journey Beyond Divorce podcast, where we invite you into a journey of healing and personal transformation that will radically change your divorce experience, heal your heart while refining your character, and set you up to be effective and feel empowered as you navigate the practical and emotional challenges of divorce. I'm your host, Karen McMahon, founder of Journey Beyond Divorce. My divorce brought me to my knees and it also transformed me and set me on this path to help you. Divorce is hard, but a high-conflict divorce, it's overwhelming. It involves battling not just emotional tolls, but endless court dates, hidden finances, and toxic personalities. This is your call to action. Don't miss the ultimate high-conflict divorce summit from November 13 to 17, 2023. Our summit brings together an unparalleled lineup of experts, featuring leading psychologists who demystify high-conflict personalities top financial advisors revealing strategies to uncover hidden assets, esteemed legal minds to guide you toward a favorable settlement, and renowned child experts who will arm you with the tools and tactics needed to fight effectively for custody. Act now and register for free to unlock an exclusive bounty of gifts from all 20 experts, yours just for signing up. Take back control. Visit journeybeyonddivorce.com backslash summit 2023. Register now and reclaim your future. If we don't invite love in to soften and soothe that, then um, that is going to uh, immediately create problems in any new romantic relationship you have. And so there's this beauty of um, going through something so hard and so painful, and yet knowing that as human beings, we're capable of returning back to this place of being love. Um, and and that, that doesn't mean that you let your guard down or that you forget or that you accept unacceptable behavior, but that you, I say to my kids growing up all the time, don't ever allow someone else's bad behavior to determine yours. And when it comes to being love, I feel like that that's at the center, no matter what we've been through. Every human being just wants to be loved. And so if I can be a stand for love, um, a representation of love, then um, then I'm going to be a better person and anybody I touch is going to be better off for it. Welcome to JBD Team Talks with your host, Karen McMahon. During Team Talks, you get a chance to meet our JBD coaches as we discuss challenges and difficulties that are common to everyone facing divorce and provide you with tips and strategies to help you master the art of managing your thoughts, calming your emotions, and intentionally choosing your responses. And now for today's topic. 
Welcome back to another episode of JBD Team Talks. I'm here again with Lisa Brick. Hey, Lisa. Hey, hey Cara. Hello, everybody listening. Good to be back with you. Uh, today's topic is um, by request. And so I'll start by saying thank you so much for listening. We greatly appreciate uh, your support. Uh, you can always write in and ask for a topic that you haven't heard yet, and we will consider a podcast on that. Recently, one of our listeners uh, asked if we would do a podcast on the intersection of love and divorce and take take a uh, an opportunity to explore what does that mean and what is that? And so the first thing that came to mind when I was thinking about it uh, was a Jay Shetty uh, podcast I recently heard. He uh, just came out with his book on love. And so he was talking about the many different types of love. And yet in the English speaking language, we have one word to describe what many can interpret in quite a number of different ways. Uh, and then we also have... Uh, the somewhat famous Corinthians 13 definition of love, which we'll also share with you. And so Lisa and I are going to just talk a little bit today about um, what is love and when it comes to ending a marriage and certainly a high conflict marriage, uh, what is it, what does that look like to try to uh navigate the divorce and love. And we have some interesting ideas and suggestions for you. We certainly do. And we have lots of stories from our years, our decades of coaching together, or our decades that we've been coaching, Karen and I together. Um, and we'll share a few short ones too, because sometimes People leave a marriage because of love. It might be they love their children so much that they refuse to continue to expose them to the kind of fighting and tension in, uh, in the household. And what's interesting is they might even, we have, we have clients, they still love their high conflict spouse. But not only do they love their children and they've chosen to leave for their love of their children, but they're also realizing they need to leave for the love of themselves. Because if they remain in a destructive relationship, then they can't really be whole and together for their kids. And then there's the other side where people have been in a destructive relationship with a high-conflict personality, and they're feeling hate and anger. They don't feel any love whatsoever anymore. So when, when Karen first brought this topic up to me, I had just heard the song, What's Love Got to Do With It? And it made me laugh because I realized, Karen, this is the perfect topic, and and it's confusing. So, Karen... I'd like to know, you know, we use one word for love, as you said. If the Greeks had all these other forms of love, would you fill me in on what they are? 
Yes. And uh, I will add to your examples. There's also the person who um, who doesn't want the divorce because they they love their spouse so much. And it's a high conflict situation. And there is a lot of um, confusion and entanglement that goes on. And yet there's this deep sense of I I. I, I don't want to lose this person. And whether that's familiarity or connection, there's that too. And so it just becomes very complex. And just to make it a little bit more nuanced, when when we add into that, the um, the Greeks have six different words for love. And so one word is eros, and uh, that is uh, sexual passion. That's love. The first kind of love was Eros, uh, god of fertility, sexual passion. And then they have philia, which is a deep friendship. And I know I have such a uh, deep and broad uh, a group of, of friends that that deep friendship love makes so much sense to me. There's also playful love, what they call ludus, L-U-D-U-S, um, and that describes a form of love uh, that concerns playful affection between either children or casual lovers. There's agape or love for everyone. Uh, and there's pragma or long-standing love, which one would say marital love would fall under. And then there's, I'm gonna not pronounce this correctly, felucia or self-love. Philosia or self-love. Thank you. Okay. Now, here we are talking about divorce and love. And we've just determined that according to the Greeks, and it makes sense to me, Kara, I know we were talking earlier, it makes sense to you, that there's all these different kinds of love. So in a divorce... Love, how much does love have to do with it if you can stay with someone because you love them, even when the passion is gone? Or you can leave someone because you love them, because you realize that nothing you've done has made it a healthier relationship. And even though you've changed, the person hasn't. And it's been a hard and arduous decision because it's never easy, never, to end a marriage. But you've decided to do it anyhow. Or you don't love the person anymore. Uh, you, you've lost the eros, the sexual passion. And at the same time, you don't have that long-standing love for them. So you don't feel anything. So when we ask... What are we talking about when we talk about love? I'd like, Karen, if you would read uh, Corinthians 13. I think we can open this discussion to this very clarified statement about love from the Christian Bible. Yes, so uh, Corinthians uh, 13, and we're going to just read 4 to 8 is the following. 
uh, I think it's a beautiful description of love. Love is patient. Love is kind. It does not envy. It does not boast. It is not proud. It does not dishonor others. It is not self-seeking. It is not easily angered. It keeps no records of wrongs. Love does not delight in evil, but rejoices with the truth. It always protects, always trusts, always hopes, always perseveres, and love never fails. It's a pretty big statement. That's an enormous statement. And when Karen and I first started discussing it, it was like, okay, okay, I, I get the whole first part. You know, that is what I think the Greeks would call agape or, or this broad, it's, it's love for everyone. It's not doing something. It's a being quality that, um, and even, you know, with that, if, if you're being this kind of love, and you're in a high conflict relationship and your significant other comes at you with what feels like anything but love to be able to look at them and realize that they are, they're hurting, they're twisted and you can respond recognizing that they're hurting and twisted in a kind manner. Which might be, I hear what you say. I, I heard you. And I'm going to go do what I need to do in the other part of the house now. Um, okay, th that's agape. That's love in this broad, it's being love rather than doing something for the other person. But it was, it was the last part of it. Um, it, it always protects, it always trusts, it always hopes, and always perseveres. Love never fails. That was the part that if I was going through a divorce, I would go, well, how the heck do you, like, huh? You know, does that mean that I'm bad? Because how can I always protect this person? that doesn't protect himself. How can I trust someone who has consistently lied to me? How can I hope for something when the whole reason I'm, I'm thinking about leaving this marriage and undergoing all of the turmoil that that entails? Um, what am I hoping for? Do, do I stay here out of hope? And that it, it always perseveres and it never fails. Well, is that saying that I didn't love enough? That I'm somehow love insufficient? And that's what happened to my relationship? And Karen and I both know that none of those things, it can't be that this is talking about those things. It can't be. So what is that? What care? We talked about this together, but I'd like you to share a bit about what we came to about 
you know, the last, it always protects, always trusts, hopes, perseveres, and it never fails. Yeah. And I'd really like to um, put this in some context, and I'm just going to share a little piece of my own story. So um, this isn't, today's episode is not meant to be specifically about uh, a Christian perspective, but I do have a Christian perspective. And um, and so I'm going to share mine and we're going to open it up a little bit broader than that as well. So when I was trying to decide whether or not I was going to leave, uh, I went to uh, one of the priests at my church. I was at the Roman Catholic Church at the time. And um and I just, I wanted to do the right thing. I didn't want to do the wrong thing in the eyes of my heavenly father. And these are the types of biblical excerpts that are really confusing. And I was blessed and many people aren't, but I was blessed with a, a beautiful priest who was able to say, you know, when when God created the concept of marriage, he never had in mind what I was experiencing and what so many of you have experienced. He never had in mind that you would be held captive, that you would be verbally, emotionally or physically abused, that you would be um, diminished, demeaned, feeling unworthy, that you would be scared, that you would feel unsafe. That was never... Um, God's view or vision of, of marriage and, and still, um, a very big value of mine is love. And so what the heck do I do with that when I'm going through something that's so tumultuous? And as Lisa and I began talking about it, um, one of the big things that many of us maybe visit for the first time or the first time in a long time is self-love. Um, and, and so that's one piece of love that's really important. So we have the love of our children and we see that there's damage being done. We have, or a yearning to find that self-love again so that we have something to stand on. Uh, and then there's the bigger, uh, the 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 broader journey for me um when i was going through a divorce i never thought i would forgive my ex-husband i certainly never expected that i would have any compassion for him conceptually i would have liked to but i just could not have imagined it and one of the reasons this company is journey beyond divorce is because everything's a journey and this this working our way from being in love with a spouse to what happens that makes someone fall out of love to going through a journey that could feel very much like a battlefield. And then where can this concept of love um, come back in, if at all, which is really what we're exploring with you today. You've been listening to our podcast, Getting Educated, Regulating Your Emotional Reactions, and it's been really helpful. Yet you know you could do better, be better, and you're wanting and needing more support. That's where our coaching service is a game changer. 
We're here for you when you need us the most, ensuring you have all the tools and resources at your fingertips, guiding and supporting you to be more effective. Our free rapid relief call helps you gain a broader perspective, commit to your best next steps, and determine what coaching support is right for you. Visit rapidreliefcall.com to book your call today. and my partner Julie and I have created a resource for you if you are representing yourself in family court. No one should go into family court without knowing the basics and we will teach you everything you need to know at Win Without Law School to represent yourself with confidence. We'll teach you how to get exhibits in, how to draft your pretrial statements, and how to speak to the judge so the judge will listen. We'll teach you how to defend against false accusations and everything you need to know to be an effective advocate both if you're negotiating or if you're presenting evidence. Don't wait. Go to winwithoutlawschool.com. We can help you. Yeah, and you mentioned self-love earlier. And I remember there was a, a, a wiki how-to I used to send to clients. Somehow it disappeared, so I couldn't use it anymore. But it talked about healthy self-love. And in looking at the article that we found about all the different terms of love that the Greeks used, I, I want to read something. Just it's not that long. The Greek, the Greeks' sixth variety of love was the philosia or self-love. And clever Greeks such as Aristotle realized that there were two types. So did Wikipedia. One was an unhealthy variety associated with narcissism, where you become self-obsessed and focused on personal fame and fortune. A healthier version enhanced your wider capacity to love. The idea was that if you like yourself and feel secure in yourself, you will have plenty of love to give others, uh, as is reflected in the Buddhist-inspired concept of self-compassion. Or, as Aristotle put it, I love it that we heard what Aristotle put, all friendly feelings for others are an extension of man's feelings for himself. And I'm going to circle around to Karen saying she was so surprised eventually to find that she, she could, Karen used the term, she could forgive her ex. Um, forgive is another word like love. And I think we might do another, another podcast on this. But what I hear her saying that as she went through this journey, and she really began looking at who she was being in the relationship and who she was being out of certain pain and experiences uh, she had had from childhood. She began to accept and love and have an expanded self-compassion for Karen. And it was through that process that eventually 
she could see that her ex was a damaged person who couldn't go beyond his damage and, and forgive him. Um, so again, when we talk about love and being love, it's very hard to be love or to have that compassion for others if we're still judging and uh, admonishing ourselves in ugly ways for the practices that we have that we haven't really been aware of and that we've blamed on circumstances. Yeah, I think that um, the, one of the conclusions that that Lisa and I came to is this: this um, Corinthians is is not about doing, um, and we're not here to say that in the midst of your high conflict divorce you should love your spouse. But we're saying, exploring the idea of of who do I want to be and how do I want to be through this difficult transition and then post-divorce with my kids, with my ex who's maybe a co-parent. And what would it mean if the decision was that I want to do my best to be love in every circumstance? And, and let me tell you something. As I say that, it's like while you're on the battlefield, that's not the best time to practice being loved. That's the time where you're shielded, where you're um, protected, where you're taken care of, where you're very carefully determining what steps you're going to take and what direction you're going to take steps in because, um, because it's, it's a landmine. It's often a landmine. So, so keep this within the context of the entire journey. But if you think about being love and, I'm going to just say the same definition differently. Uh, be patient, be kind, um, don't envy, don't boast, um, don't be proud, um, don't dishonor others, um, uh, be slow to anger, uh, don't keep records of wrongs, um, uh, delight in the truth, rejoice in the truth, um, and be uh, the person who protects, and it may be protecting yourself and your children, trust, who trusts, who hopes, um, who perseveres. And when we look at all the different ways that we can be that are within the shades, the rainbow colors of love, that... Um, that resonates very much with me. And Lisa, how does that, how does that sit with you? It sits like an egg on a plate when we're talking about someone going through divorce because the emotions are so raw and the fears are so large and the chaos is so all-consuming that if you make it okay, if you have the self-compassion to feel hatred when you do and know that it's a feeling you're going through out of, it's, it's like a secondary feeling 
out of the primary feeling. Even the anger is a secondary feeling out of the primary feeling of being isolated, alone, and frightened, like you were when you were a little child. Mm -hmm. And you can say to yourself, it's okay. It's okay to feel these things. It makes sense. It's not who I am. If I think that I've become this horrible, screaming, ugly creature, it's not really... It's not really me. It's, it's how I've been behaving out of all of these powerful emotions. And I'm going to take a deep breath and I'm going to love myself. And then I'm going to see how I can get support so I can behave differently. So me and the kids or I, if I don't have kids, if they're adult kids, so I can get through this traumatic experience being better on the far side yep than i was when i went into it or where i am now and if you begin to look for that you will get the kind of support that will save you money on attorney bills that will save you incredible amounts of pain and suffering as you go through the divorce and will leave you wiser and more centered and calmer like guaranteed yeah guaranteed and i think the other piece of it is you know because i've i've have clients and i've spoken to people who are understandably so hurt so angry um, perhaps with a settlement that's so disappointing um, that there's this 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 statement of I will always I will always hate I will always be angry and um, you know the, the the old saying you know uh, unforgiveness is like drinking poison and waiting for the other person to die um, when when we commit to having that bitter root in our heart. Um, we're we're committing to carry that around and and how does that impact my relationship with my children or or with my friends and family or with a love interest because if that isn't cleansed right if if we don't invite love in to soften and soothe that then um that is going to uh immediately create problems in any new romantic relationship you have. And so there's this beauty of um, going through something so hard and so painful, and yet knowing that as human beings, we're capable of returning back to this place of being love. Um, and and that, that doesn't mean that you let your guard down or that you forget or that you accept unacceptable behavior, but that you, I say to my kids growing up all the time, don't ever allow someone else's bad behavior to determine yours. And when it comes to being love, I feel like that that's at the center, no matter what we've been through, every human being just wants to be loved. And so if I can be a stand for love, um, a representation of love, then um, then I'm going to be a better person and anybody I touch is going to be better off for it. Mm. Mm.
And I'd like to add, and that's so beautiful, I just want to sit with it. But I'm not going to, because there's another aspect. You know, again, we, we started with saying, you know, what's love got to do with it? Yeah. Well, people marry for love. And marriage is, we don't think of it this way. And I'm sorry we're not taught about it this way. But it's a legal business agreement. And if we can remember that while we're going through the breaking of this legal partnership, I think it gives some space to take a breath and realize, okay, I've, I've, I'm doing, I'm doing some work on me if I choose to do, but I also have to get through a very specific business dissolution. Mm. And that way, you know, when you're going through divorce, whether you love the person or don't love them or love yourself or don't love yourself at this point, if you can remember that this is a business agreement that we are terminating and let me put my feelings over here and let me use as much as possible my logic and the logic of other people who who have my back and who I trust over here, it'll be much easier to navigate the divorce and and come through it um, with all the time you want to really delve deep into who you're being and how you've been being and how you can go from where you are to identifying who you want to be. Right. And I don't mean what you want to look like. I mean, who you want to be when you walk in a room, you know, what you want to deliver to the, what I call the game of life. Mm. Um, it'll be easier. And, and all the while, even if you don't know how yet, if you can have self-compassion and you can begin to give yourself self-love, even if you're not sure what it looks like, I think you'll find the journey get, it'll get a little, a little sweeter, a little easier. Um, and you'll certainly be a lot kinder. Yeah, I love that. And and I really want to thank the listener who asked us to talk about this. I think that um, as I begin to to uh, wrap this thought up, um, there's there's the uh, loss of a dream, and a lot of times we we think we still love our spouse, but what we really love is the family and the the plan, the dream that this is this is how I was going to grow old. And so there's a lot of grieving that has to go on, and love is in the center of grief, and there's a lot of forgiveness that would be well served to work on over the course of time. And um, love is in the center of that. And there are people who care so much about you. And there are so many 
uh, experiences and individuals in each of our futures and love is in the center of that. And so I really like the idea of um, choosing to be love and starting with self-compassion and self-love in those early stages and getting healthy and strong and not giving away what you are not, not even giving yourself yet, but holding on to it. And then as you grow healthier and stronger, um, considering what is being love look like to you and how would that as a, 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 an intention impact your your life, your family, um, your circle of of friends going forward. Absolutely, absolutely, and and I, I honest, I, I honestly believe what makes Journey Beyond Divorce special, and our coaches and ourselves special is because we've really walked our talk when it comes to love and this this concept of love for everyone has nothing to do with being a door, doormat, has nothing to do with being sacrificial. And it's what makes us such powerful coaches because that's how we come to you. Same way we come to each other. Absolutely. Same way we come to ourselves. If this is something that um, you're struggling with, um, you can reach out for a rapid relief call. We would be glad to support you and see um, how we can help guide you through your process of divorce. Uh if you have a topic, by all means, write in info at journeybeyonddivorce.com is a good email to write in and request a topic, or you can go to our contact page at jbddivorcesupport.com and, uh, and we'll consider your topic. And Lisa, thanks so much for um, jumping in and, and kind of playing with this concept of love and what's love got to do with it when we're talking about divorce. And we hope that it has, um, it has uh, brought some things to mind for each of you listening and, and maybe broadened your perspective of how you can be love uh, going forward, even through your divorce. And what, and what is this thing we call love? Yeah. And what is it? Absolutely. It's been a pleasure, Kara. We've both had very busy days and to jump out of them and to be able to have this conversation with you and our listeners about love. What a pleasure. Absolutely. Yeah. So um, we're going to let you percolate on that. And until next time, uh, you guys have a great day. We'll see you soon. Thanks for joining us on the Journey Beyond Divorce podcast. I hope you found guidance and encouragement to help you along your journey. If you like my podcast, please take a minute to subscribe and leave a review on iTunes. You can also visit us at jbddivorcesupport.com, where our team of coaches support both men and women through our one-on-one coaching group programs, online courses, and free resources. Stay tuned for our next episode, and I'll talk to you soon.